So today's episode, we were going to talk about sex books. Sex books? Yeah, sex books, right? I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I should say, like, I don't actually, I think the closest thing I've ever come to reading a sex book is actually Fifty Shades of Grey, which was so bad that I immediately had to read the sequel, and which was infinitely worse, so much so that I even had to read the sequel after that. Terrible. One was worse than the next. But have you seen the movies? I can't bring myself to. Have you? Of course I have. Of I've seen one at least twice. Oh, but we'll get to that later because actually that's a great segue into our next mini-sode. Oh yeah. Right. Good Jamie point. Dornan. <laughs> Say no more. Yeah, sex books, because today, as you were patiently tutoring Bo, the angel, Not the six-year-old, patiently, patiently tutoring patient. the angel Bo, six years old, and just a paragon of excellent behavior and obedience. Enthusiasm for learning. Oh, enthusiasm for learning. Yes, like a sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sponging <laughs> up uh, unsafe and safe touching, right? And he came out to God. demonstrate to me what safe and unsafe touching is by standing stock still and then doing absolutely nothing to prevent me from attempting to demonstrate unsafe touching from the perspective of a stranger in the road. If I was a stranger in the road, Bo, and I did this to you, what would it be? (laughs) Probably unsafe, but very tickly. Okay, I think the lessons went somewhat over his head in fairness. I feel so sorry for teachers. They're like, I wonder if Bo's tomorrow going to be like, my mom tried to practice unsafe touching with me. And the teacher's oh like, that's not what we meant. Well, I mean, I have to like practice her. Sure, Don. Well, I was saying I had to reassure Nash, who's nine, the other day all about like how, you know, the most dangerous things in general, like the, the stranger danger is probably, you know, so such a such a uh, remote danger compared to people you know you know what I mean it's like any kind oh, yeah, of like domestic yeah. abuse it's like you're more likely to be abused or attacked or raped or any of these things by people you know and I was trying to say to him you know don't be afraid to tell me if anybody ever does something to you that makes you feel uncomfortable etc etc well what if an intruder comes like he's so much more afraid of the unknown you know the bogeyman mm-hmm. and I said you know I really don't think that I was ever really afraid of this and we we grew up in front of a cemetery so yeah, you'd yeah. think we would would have been more afraid and people went up and down at night on their like you know nightly trysts to the cemetery but I was never really afraid of that Don goes oh my god my mom brought me up on like an entire you know back catalogue of every child who was ever abducted murdered you know whatever sorry there probably needs to be a trigger warning on this it's not supposed to be and he goes and and she had me she goes she used to train us in the kitchen if anybody comes close to you poke them in the eyes kick them in the nuts (laughs) they had all their like massive karate nut kicks all practiced like they had to do them on demand (laughs) if she switched into stranger danger mode whereas I always just thought like if anything like that happened, the best thing to do would just be to be a good runner. So I was always like, I'm, I'm going to be fucked. Like, oh, my God. A good runner. Run for, for the life of me. Like, Well, a good runner. I'm absolutely dead. Don says that the best thing to do would be to jump on somebody's ears. Not jump on them, but like to grab their ears and just pull down. Because apparently it takes very little strength to just actually... Dis- like Yank to, somebody's ear to, off. Yeah, to rip people's ears off. I think I've heard Don say that before, which also makes me think like, Don is a weirdo. How 
how many times does he talk Dare about you? That, that pulling off someone's ears? I mean, quite frequently. Sorry. Quite frequently. Okay, listen. Oh, yes. let's, back to let's the get, point. Let's get back to the point. You and your sex book. Oh, yeah. Tell so us then about it. it. So then it reminded me, I was thinking about how did I learn about, you know, unsafe and safe touching? It certainly was not in school, right? That was not a thing of the 90s, 80s, 80s. 90s. Listen to me. I'm so optimistic. That was not a that was not a thing of the 80s. Well, and I remember well, you were our in mother, secondary school. You were you were in secondary school in the 90s. Yeah, but I mean You're it's a right. bit late at that point if you don't know about unsafe touching, right? Both six. Yeah, fair. So anyway, mom, I remember brought brought me silently. I'd like to say silently. Not a word was spoken. Eye contact didn't happen for this entire trip. She l- lurried me into the car and drove to Nosnery Bookshop, Shuppa Lauer, and in we went. And she went up, you know, to the bookshelf purposefully removed one book from like a carefully selected spine removed the book went <laughs> held my hand again still no eye contact I was like what's happening am I being given away brought up to the cash <laughs> register purchased the book back to the car nothing said I'm in the back she's in the front we're driving home I opened this book it was all about sex our I, bodies ourselves right yes like as in like your type of sex like you know like medicinal sex, like factual <laughs> sex. <laughs> Reproduction is the word you're looking yes. for. Yes, thank you, Rosemary. Yes. Medicinal Te- sex. Technical sex. Medicinal not like, sex. Not do, like... not become, do not become any kind of therapist. You know what you need now? Medicinal sex. You'd be all better. <laughs> sex, is, sex is a medicine, Rosemary, allegedly. Listen, moving on, moving on. So anyway, I brought that book home and I read it backwards and forwards. And you know what? Like she bought it for me and she handed it to me and I still hid it under my mattress. I was so mortified. I think we never talked about it. Every single night I read, I ripped it out and read it back to front. Ridiculous. Like maybe this is where my, my just shame about medicinal sex comes from. (laughs) (laughs) medicinal sex I'm now feeling really sorry for mom because I'm like well like first I was feeling highly indignant because I was like I didn't get a sex book and then I was like god poor mom I'm sure I like A had snuck several looks at your sex book B by had had sex by about the age of 11 (laughs) okay (laughs) I had not and that's not that's not that hilarious (laughs) no 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 it's not hilarious sorry sorry only because you're my sister it's not funny at all not funny at all sorry (laughs) god so (laughs) I think probably by the age of eight, I'd read I'd read your copy of Our Bodies Ourselves about ten times, like surreptitiously. And then I was always I was always trying to get a look at that, you know, a uh, position of the Fortnite and More magazine I was obsessed with that. But you didn't need My Bodies Ourselves. You were like busy educating yourself, educating yourself from Cosmo and More. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I was. don't know what I never. I don't think I even saw those magazines till you brought them home. I was at home still, like trying to figure out. What would tame this these frizzy, frizzy, frizzy? You were, you were at home like halos. gluing cushions to the chairs in your doll's house. Poor while boy. I was like, "Let me out into the world." I know you were. <laughs> so anyway, so what other books did what other books did you read at the time? So I read that, and I was like, "That was probably an amazing book." I thought very uh, educational for sure. But what you know, the other book you were mentioning was Judy Bloom, right? She's a classic. Oh my God, Judy Bloom forever. That's how I learned about sex. Did you read Judy Blooms Forever? I mean, yes. Do you remember? Do you remember? It's like all about this girl who basically has sex for the first time with a boy who calls his penis Ralph. Oh, I don't think I read that. Do you remember this? No. Oh, my God. Ralph, of all names. Like, it wasn't even the concept of naming the penis that I had an issue with, but Ralph. Rosemary, that's really mean to people who are called Ralph. Listen, 
I'm sure there are plenty of sexy Ralphs out there, but I just like it kind of comes out as well like like a cough, like Gollum, like Ralph, Ralph. You know what I mean? You're joking on something. Sorry, oh, I was wrong direction. Yeah. I, yeah, I was obsessed with that. I did love Judy Blume. I also loved what was the other one? Was it Deanie where she had to get a back brace? Yes, yeah, I think so. I don't know what it was called, but I read that one. And and I really wanted to get a back brace for oh, years. Oh, Forever, so wasn't like, that That's forever? what make me beautiful. Did no, you no, no, for- Forever Forever was the sex one. Oh, sorry. What was the one that she she wrote like a couple of years ago? I bought that and read it too. Oh, I can't remember. Well, I obviously can't either, but I read it as well. The other thing I loved was Robert Cormier, Fade. That was amazing. Now, you probably oh, would have loved really, really that good. because there was an incredibly grotesque, cunnilingual scene. And I don't, r- I don't right remember up your that alleyway. At all. Right like, up your alleyway. And it was always like... Excuse me. Yes. My alleyway is is not the topic of this. Well, it it was about, you know, there was a thing about like, if Nash asked me the other day, if I had superpowers, what would they be? And he's like, I'd love to be invisible. And I always thought I'd love to be invisible until I read that book. And I was like, oh my God, the la- I do not want to be invisible. Like, I do not oh, want to be invisible. Yeah, because yeah. like it's, yeah, it's yeah. It you know, you think it's going to be brilliant, but then, yeah, it makes it sound terrible. But it's amazing because it's such a flip side of like what you think is going to be amazing. What you think, yeah. I love that book as well. I really loved a book called Children of the Dust that I think was written in the 80s. It's, it's about this girl who basically gets like, basically there's a nuclear holocaust. There are nuclear bombs dropped all over the UK and she and her family have to figure out how to survive through it. And then it kind of goes on to like the post-nuclear world and people start mutating and stuff. I really, really loved that. Sounds extremely loved cheerful. About, about as cheerful as your your stint with every single history book about the Holocaust. I mean, no, actually, like actually very educational, but rather somber reading. Oh, listen, we also don't have to give my, like to give me too much credit because I know nothing about the Holocaust. Like I literally, I have read, I'd say approximately... 40 books, 40 non-fiction books about concentration camps, about the Holocaust, about... I've, like, I've read The Diary of Anne Frank and then I've read books about The Diary of Anne Frank. I could tell you nothing now. Well, at least you you could tell me that it happened, which is more than a large percentage of... You God, know, scary but true. ...the population. I was absolutely obsessed with Holocaust books. And, and I also, for a short period, became obsessed with going to a kibbutz because of a book I read that I now cannot remember the name of. Oh, it was, it was called I The Other Side of the book. River or something. I read that book. Yeah, it was something. Oh, yeah, I was about yeah. to say his name was something like uh, Ismail or Isaac or something. Of course it was. What was it? Yeah, I was like, this sounds amazing. But you know what? I thought the same thing about kibbutzes that I thought about American summer camps. So let me tell and you. And I thought the I same thing about kibbutzes either. that I thought about the Gwailtukt. And I was also wrong. Well, I wouldn't have liked them. No, 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 no. There was There was far too much work going on. <laughs> There was too much communal like activity going on. I realised I don't yeah. actually like being in close proximity with people that I don't like, surprisingly enough. I don't like being in particularly close proximity with people I do like for long periods of time either. Well, I was just I thinking like being on my own. when this whole pandemic started, I was like, when am I going to get to go away with Don? When am I going to go and be able to have a weekend away? Now I'm like, when can I get away from everybody in this house? When can I go yeah. away by myself? Yeah. So another book I loved was Silence of the Lambs, right? Amazing. I don't think I've ever read that. Super creepy, terrifying. I read it when we were down in Karasivine one year when we were on holidays and I was in, we were driving around, I don't know, visiting something and I was reading in the back of the car. Terrifying. And then we all got home. Everybody bailed out of the car. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Can you read in the back of the car? Do you not get sick? 
No, I don't. Grand. Totally oh. reading the back of the car. Like prime oh. reading time. I can also sleep anywhere now. I used to be able to sleep nowhere. I used to be extremely precious about the environment in which I could sleep. Now I can sleep literally on, I don't want to get too rude, like don't want to get too gross here, but like on, I could sleep anywhere, basically, on a pile of dirty nappies. I could sleep anywhere. <laughs> My friend Emma fell asleep um, standing up at a Verve gig once. <laughs> Doesn't say a lot about the music. Well, no. anyway, so I fell. So no, I didn't fall asleep. So I was reading the book, and everybody went inside, and I, I think I just didn't notice that they all went in. Then it got dark, and I really was still reading. And then I looked up, and I was absolutely terrified. I had to put down all the locks, uh, wait for somebody to come and get me because I was so terrified that like some serial killer killer was going to come and rip my face off. S- some some serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> So, hang on, while while you were in the car waiting to be rescued, did it occur to you at any point to beep the horn? I, I'd have to assume it wasn't working. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Somebody came out to get me eventually. They obviously had needed something out of the car. I would assume nothing. I would hope nobody who listens to this podcast is like, like in the market to kidnap a 40-something woman because you clearly are not good at getting yourself out of these situations. Like I climbed out of that train. Do you remember that high train window? She <laughs> climbed out of the train window. You like couldn't think to call nine 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 when you thought you were like kidnapped by Santa Claus. You Excuse didn't me. Think to, like... Excuse me. I was in Italy. I don't even think it's nine nine nine. I think it's like some other number pattern. And I don't even think he had a phone. I don't even think he had a phone. He de- Santa definitely had a landline, and like I'd say it was. I'd say nine 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 works in Italy. But listen, let's. Check what if this. I had gone up? What if I had gone up like when Santa was behind me examining the ceramics? What if I had like, you know put my finger on the dialer on the ringer thing and then like sorry I did not know where your finger was going there (laughs) just move on what other books Rosemary what other books what Um, horror books have you read oh did you ever read that one in the attic flowers in the attic you'd love that I don't think so I read the yellow wallpaper I think in college there's loads of books that I read in college I I really enjoyed um, The Go-Between by J.P. Hartley I think is who it's by. Um, and there was another one that I really enjoyed that I think you read and you really enjoyed The Heart is a Lonely Hunter by Carson McCullers. I don't think I read. Oh, yeah, I did read that. It's very serious as well, though. I just read very The Vanishing serious. Half by Brad- Britt Bennett and that was great as well. That was very good. About the two sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that as well. That only came out this year, didn't it? Yeah, that was very good. I'm tr- currently trying to read The Collected Works of P.G. Woodhouse and also another... Oh, yes, uh, you are. And I actually have a beautiful... For my birthday, I got a full set of P.G. Woodhouse, vintage P.G. Woodhouse novels from my beloved children. For being That's such so nice. an expert, for doing such good parenting, they gifted me all these books. They obviously know exactly how to get away with things because you're just like dad. When you're reading a book, I'd say they can do anything. Absolutely not. I'm an extremely excellent parent. I'm extremely good I you mean, and Philip McCabe like your kids could literally be snorting lines of coke off the wooden floors while God, you're reading and you would not notice absolutely not well I tell you like I've been trying to convince Nash recently to read Judy Bloom. I've been trying to get him to actually read Judy Bloom. And I'm like, I've been saying to him, like, this is kind of inappropriate I probably shouldn't approve of this but I've been watching Awkward with him too that's hilarious but I'm like I'm just trying to get him to read anything so we can talk about it. And he has no interest. He won't read Roald Dahl. He won't read Harry Potter. I had to pay him $50 <laughs> to get through stupid, what's it called? Percy Jackson. Oh my God, like, Percy Jackson. Beatrice, you're really like stellar parenting today. I was demonstrating unsafe touches on Bo. I was paying Nash to read a book. What, <laughs> about, what about poor Nash? 
What about poor Nashwell? Like Grandpa bought him the book that he loved most in the world as a boy, oh, David and the Phonics, and David Nash would and not the read it. Oh, <laughs> God, I know. And I, Grandpa's like, "What did you did you enjoy it, Nash?" And Nash's like, "Yeah, it was great, Grandpa." And I said, "What was it about?" It was about a boy called David and, and a Phonics, blah blah blah. And I said, "Did you read it?" I said to him afterwards, "Did you actually read it?" He goes, "I just read that on the back cover." What a brat! Yeah, yeah, and 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 he also went to the end and and I think read like the last ten pages. Don does that. Don reads the first page and the last page and then the novel. What the hell? There, I mean, this is completely off topic now, but I do remember reading an article about somebody who always read spoilers and liked to know exactly what was going to happen because she felt very anxious about being in suspense and like liked not to have that anxiety when consuming either films or books. But like, isn't Maybe that life? Like that. Isn't that life? You don't know what's going to happen. Right? That is life. Are you not used to that? Books, you're in a you perpetual, can control it. But you're in a perpetual state of not knowing. Uh, that's actually and that's actually now an American like resume line. It's probably in Ireland too. Nav- comfortable navigating ambiguity. That's actually a skill you bring to the workplace. You're an excellent navigator. Correct. On that very profound note, Beatrice, comfortable navigating a- ambiguity. I think we'll say goodbye because Liam, our producer, has started to get very strict about the length of our minisodes. <laughs> so, Rosemary, what book would you most recommend to your to young you oh god um, you know what I loved although I do think it has been ruined by the movie I loved Life of Pi by Jan Martel when I read that oh that but was I brilliant. didn't like the movie didn't see I the thought movie. the book was amazing I also thought the book was a movie great choice Rosemary great choice how about you what would you oh I was just saying great choice self? and agreeing than, with you well okay but you have to pick one now other than our bodies ourselves okay that was great I would recommend I'm having a blank. I would recommend, well, I did love Anna Green Gables, all of it. I read all of it about 97 million times. I loved it. I cried. I was constantly like just a quiver of emotion reading it. Sorry. You also loved like all of the Bronte sisters and all oh of Jane Oh my Austin. God. Oh my God. Good one. All of Have Jane Austen. not mentioned them? Oh my God. Good one. Good one. Great. I loved all of those. Brilliant. Yeah. You're so, all you're of so those. lucky I'm here. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you on Tuesday for our 21st, happy 21st us, birthday episode. Not really birthday, but our 21st episode. And also our last episode for a little while before we take a break, right? We have one more episode and one more mini-sode and then we shall be taking a little break. Not a Christmas break, a pre-Christmas break. We will be back then, just before Christmas, to spread some festive cheer. Precise. Precise. To your ears. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please recommend us to your friends. Uh, And if you did not enjoy this or any other episodes, tell no one. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music are by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.